This Advent, our sermon series theme is On the Edge of Something New, and we are reflecting on how the birth of Jesus, as told to us in the Gospel of Matthew, shows us how God was doing something new among God's people during the time of Jesus, and how the story of Jesus' birth brings new hope to us now. In the last two sermons, Dale and I have both preached on the genealogy of Jesus from the opening chapter of Matthew. Dale spoke about Jesus's embarrassing family tree and reflected on how God's grace is available for each one of us in our own families and life circumstances. Two weeks ago, I covered the women in Jesus's genealogy, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. These women were all marginalized by their life circumstances, but they were paradoxically strong women of agency who were brought into the very center of the family of God. Each one was crucial to God's mission in Christ. Today we will look at one more person in the genealogy of Jesus, Joseph. We will reflect on Joseph's reaction to Mary's unexpected news and see how Joseph listens to God's new plan for his life. Joseph truly was a person on the edge of something new. The scripture for today is probably a familiar one, as it is often read during Advent. To place it in context, the verses for today come immediately after the genealogy of Jesus. We've heard all the names of all the generations that come before Jesus, born to Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. And now, let us listen as the scripture is read. Today's reading comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 24. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Joseph has quite a dream in that scripture passage we heard read. Everybody dreams, but not everyone remembers their dreams. And every dream most certainly is not a message from God. I had a dream the other night that we had a lion as a pet, and I couldn't figure out how to let it outside because I was afraid it would eat the neighbors. And we definitely couldn't take the lion to the dog park either. It was quite a dream conundrum, what to do with this lion. 
That dream seems more whimsical than important, although who knows, maybe it has a hidden message in it. A more important dream that I had years ago that I still remember came when I was thinking about joining the Christian church, but wasn't sure if it was the right thing for me. And I had a dream about doors. Every door was a way to get to God. Jesus was one of the doors, and the door was that door was the one that opened for me. Was that dream a message from God? Maybe. It definitely changed my life. Joseph has a life-changing dream in our scripture from Matthew. So, Joseph. Who was Joseph? I mean, we've all seen the Christmas pageant a hundred times. We know who Joseph is, but what do we know about him, really? Well, the Bible doesn't reveal much about him as a person, though we are told exactly who he is based on his genealogy which was an important way for the Israelites to identify themselves. At the risk of pointing out the obvious, the genealogy of Jesus as presented in the book of Matthew is also the genealogy of Joseph. It's Joseph who anchors Jesus in his place in the history of the Israelite people. Joseph is a descendant of Abraham and of King David and of Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. We don't know whether Joseph was aware of his own family history and the unusual women in it. We can't know if he knew about Tamar's controversial pregnancy, or Rahab's loyalty and prophecy, or how the world looked at Bathsheba as an adulteress, or Ruth's display of courage. Whether Joseph knew it or not, the women in Jesus's and Joseph's genealogy set the stage for the circumstances surrounding Jesus' birth. Jesus' mother Mary was a woman very similar in spirit to the other women in Jesus' genealogy. Like Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, Mary was a woman who might have been marginalized by society. She was probably young and poor, and definitely unexpectedly pregnant. And absolutely resolute in her faith in God. Joseph's relationship with Mary is one more link in a genealogy where God was doing something new, doing something outside the bounds of societal convention in order to bring the Messiah into the world. Speaking of Mary and her unexpected pregnancy, how did Joseph react before he had his divinely inspired dream? Joseph was supposed to be getting married to Mary. They were formally engaged, which in their time was its own ceremony, but they were not yet living together. One commentary I read said that a modern parallel to help us understand would be that it's like they had the wedding, but there was a long hiatus before the honeymoon. Essentially, they are married on paper, but not in practice yet. And Joseph's betrothed, Mary, has gotten pregnant, even though they haven't gotten together yet. Reading between the lines, Joseph probably concluded that if the baby was not his, then it belonged to another human man. And therefore, the law required that Joseph break off the engagement from Mary. The translation we heard says divorce. Other translations say dismiss. 
The word in the Greek means something along the lines of release from an existing bond. However, according to Leviticus, the punishment for adultery was death rather than divorce. And in Deuteronomy, the punishment for a man sleeping with a virgin he is not married to is that they both should be stoned to death. Listen to Deuteronomy 22, verses 22 through 24. If a man happens to meet in town a virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. The young woman, because she was in town and did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife, you must purge the evil from among you. Yes, that is shockingly harsh. And as many times as I've heard about Joseph and Mary, I've never seen the dots connected before to Deuteronomy and the possibility of public stoning for Mary. But the language about the virgin and another man's wife is so specific, and there is some scholarship that supports this. According to the law in Deuteronomy, Joseph would have been within his rights to have Mary publicly stoned to death. Joseph wants to be faithful to the law, but the law is extreme, so he decides to let her go quietly instead. In choosing to dismiss Mary quietly, Joseph chooses to show Mary compassion, grace, and mercy as best he can within the bounds of the law. After Joseph has decided to let Mary go quietly, an angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and let Joseph know that Mary being pregnant was all part of the plan for salvation. Joseph is to name the baby Jesus, which means God is salvation or God rescues because Jesus will save the people from their sins. After the dream, Joseph wakes up and takes Mary home as his wife. There is not very much detail in the Bible story, but we know that Joseph trusts in the message of the angel and demonstrates his faith in God by following the guidance given by the angel. There are three points from this scripture I would like for us to consider as relevant for us today. First, the women in Jesus' genealogy up to and including Mary show us that God often does something new outside the bounds of what is deemed by people as culturally or socially acceptable. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba show us as readers of the Bible that God was working through them in order to bring the people towards salvation before it was Mary's turn. Mary is like the other women in Joseph's family, faithful and strong. Pregnant by someone other than her husband, Mary might have been labeled as an adulteress or worse by the law and social custom. God uses this vulnerable woman to be the mother of the Messiah. Perhaps the message for us as Christians is to remember that God is not bound by our standards and is free to do what God wants in completely new and unexpected ways through unexpected people. In reflecting on Joseph and Mary's circumstances, we might consider who in our world today would be the equivalent of Mary, or Joseph, or the other women in Joseph's genealogy. What might God be doing through people who are judged as unworthy by societal standards? Let's keep our eyes open to God's work in the world on the margins. 
Second, even before God's plan was revealed to Joseph, Joseph responded to Mary with quiet compassion. Before the angel arrives, Joseph feels a tension between his duty to the law, to the law of his faith and his care for Mary. Joseph resolves the tension by planning to send Mary away quietly, though he could have rightly sentenced her to a worse fate. For us as Christians, Joseph is a good example of someone who chooses mercy while still trying to do right by his faith. Sometimes, voices speaking on behalf of Christian custom or Christian culture call for the rejection or condemnation of people outside the bounds of quote-unquote Christianity. Or sometimes, even when that isn't happening, we find ourselves in situations where it is unclear what the right thing is to do. When that happens, we can follow the example of Joseph. We can choose to show love, grace, and mercy as best as we know how. Joseph did not get it perfectly before the angel's message, and neither will we. But we should aim to err on the side of mercy and compassion. Last, after the angel gives the message to Joseph, Joseph knows clearly what the right thing is to do to take Mary home as his wife, and to name the coming baby Jesus, because God saves. The angel presented Joseph with a new path. Joseph was truly on the edge of something new, and Joseph changed direction. Joseph trusts in God's message for him and his family. Now, most of us will not have angels arriving in our dreams, I don't think. I don't know, though. But that doesn't mean God isn't communicating God's plans with us. As I was reading about Joseph's dream and reflecting on my own dreams, as I mentioned at the start of the sermon, I got to wondering, how do we know when a message is from God? The answer to this, as best I understand it, is twofold, one simple and one more complex. The simple answer is that if the message aligns with the Jesus of the Gospels, if it leads us into a deeper relationship with God and a more compassionate and loving relationship with other people, then the message is possibly from God. The more complex answer is that to discern how God is communicating with us, each person must set out on a journey of lifelong discipleship to get to know Jesus as he is told about in the Gospels, the Jesus of the Gospels, better. This journey is one of spiritual discipline and study. It is not a solo journey either. Christians are meant to gather together with one another for worship, conversation, guidance, and growth. Our faith gets stronger when we practice it and when we support one another along the way. Advent invites us to go deeper in our faith. Advent invites us to be like Joseph, open to the possibility of God doing something new with each one of us, and open to seeing how God might be working in the lives of people who are different from us. The name that Joseph gave to Mary's baby was Jesus, Emmanuel. God saves. God is with us. Advent is a time of remembering that even when life is dark and difficult, God is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.